You're listening to Featured First on burstradio.org.uk. So, uh, let's get cracking. Um, welcome to the studio, Power Kite Sock. Thank you very much. Hello. Hello, David. Hello. Um, so, let me just work this out. Power Kite Sock. I mean, I, I was going through the list of societies that the union has to offer um, to find ones that I thought were interesting, quirky, that I didn't quite know what they were, um, in order to find out what they were, and so the listeners could. But, I mean, Power Kites, what on earth is it? Well... Power, power Kite Sock is quite um, an, an interesting name for it. Uh, basically, we've tried to um, find a name which covers like all types of going kiting, so from kite surfing, which you might have seen on just like the cool wave side of it, to things which are much more accessible to people at university who maybe haven't quite, quite as much money or time to go travelling to the sea. So um, effectively, we use like big kites to pull ourselves along, like uh, sailing might use a sail or windsurfers or... So that's that's the essence of it, maybe. Um, I think yeah. a misconception is that it's taking your little kiddie kite out onto the downs and running around with it. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, yeah. it's a little bit more powerful than that, and quite a lot of fun. Yeah. Right, hence the name Power Kite Sock, rather than just Kite Sock. Yeah, it makes right. it sound a bit more extreme, I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't our name. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, I mean, so um, it wasn't your name. How long has Power Kite Sock been going, then? Because I'd never heard of it, to be honest. Um, it's been going... Three years, maybe four years, a bit sporadically, to be honest. I've, I came um, and got involved last year, mm-hmm. um, and to be honest, there wasn't much, we weren't given much uh, in the way of equipment or anything, so really we, we started again, but um, with, with not having to go through filling all the forms for the university, because we already had a name. <laughs> right. So it's quite a small so, beginning, really. Yeah, a very small beginning. I think the first year they charged uh, not a lot at uh, Fresh Fair and got, so, 80-something members. Um, and uh, maybe 10 turned up. And I think we've got slightly fewer members this year, but I'd like to think that maybe 20, 30 people turn up quite regularly. Um, we, we do various things under the umbrella of power kites. So we try and get people flying the traction kites up on the downs. I'm sure people who walk over from halls have seen them. Um, sort of big kites, people just standing still, not really knowing what they're doing. That's the sort of learning stage. And then we build up and we try and get people to go on trips, basically, to get out of Bristol, um, go to the beach, sit in the sunshine. Like the southwest, a beautiful place. We've got some beautiful beaches to go to. Um, and kiting is an amazing excuse to go and do that. <laughs> So you mentioned about um, training then. So, I mean, flying a kite, I mean, to the layman, it doesn't look that hard. Does it really take Mm, that much effort? Well, yeah, well, it doesn't look hard, but as soon as you actually have a go, you realise there's a little bit of skill involved. I mean, it's really not that hard to pick up. We we took, sort of, how many people did you take out and down? About 80 people um, at the beginning of term and freshers week. And um, sort of within a couple of goes, most of them had it. So I mean, it's not hard, but it does involve a bit of skill. It's and to get really good, you do actually have to be able to control the kite very well. Yeah, it's um, instead of just using one line with a big, big kite on the end, and instead of using just two lines where you can just sort of control the movement of the kite, most of the kites actually have four lines, so you can actually stop the kite in the air um, and you've got some control about how much power it's giving you. OK, yeah. so four lines, four two line, hands. Two hands, yeah. Work? Well, there's two ways you can do it. You've got, um, you can have handles, which are sort of, so you're holding two lines in each hand All right. on a sort of stick, basically, or you can have a, a bar which runs across you and is attached to you with a harness, um, and all four lines are attached to the bar two at each end to control it, or two in the middle, two at each end, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So, do you get sort of different sorts of attachments, different ways of seeing yeah. them offer different kites? Yeah, there's, hu there's hundreds of different kites and hundreds of different attachments, mm. and uh, I think we, we just we've tried to cover them all so anyone can come and join the society really but I think yeah. the most popular are probably the handles yeah ha handles for yeah um, I mean you start off on handles and then a bar is slightly more advanced in the fact that you have to normally well if you've got quite a powerful kite wear a harness as well where you clip onto the harness and that's for when you're doing the kite surfing and the boarding you want to have a bit more freedom with your hands because you can actually sort of leave it to a certain extent it'll sit in the air um, on the bar so, yeah, start off with handles and then progress. Yeah, I think um, most people in, like, the, in the kite surfing and going on to these land boards as well, which are sort of uh, similar to, a, they are a mountain board, I don't know if you've seen one of those, like a snowboard with big off-road wheels on. Right. And um, you, you use uh, the same sort of kites as kite surfers use, yeah, big sort of inflatable ones or, yeah, big mm -hmm. kites. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen some people um, kite surfing, not round here, but um, uh, back at home. Yeah. And... Um, some of the kites they use there, I mean, it's difficult to call them kites because they look more like parachutes. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair comment. Maybe they are, they're more similar to, um, to a parachute. I think the only difference is you're, just, you're, you're on the land controlling it rather than falling. <laughs> and they generally, they, they, they fill with air beforehand, the kite surfing ones, so they're inflated in a way. So when they do fall into the sea or for any reason, that they, they stay afloat. Yeah. Um, and they, they do get pretty big, I mean, sort of... You know, what's the average size for a kite surfing kite? Probably 12, 12 metres square. 12 metres, yeah, so that's the, that's the area. That's that 12 metres square. Absolutely metres. huge. That's just that's not sort of an average one. But, I mean, the, the kites are that's, they're, they're fairly interesting, but they're not really what society's all about. Like, flying the kites and enjoying it um, is, is the aim of the society, but also going on these trips and getting people to do something a bit more, a bit different, you know, and mm -hmm. having some different socials and yeah, yeah. trying something new. So you're quite a social society then? <laughs> yeah, I'd like I think, to think so. Yeah, we'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> as in, we don't take, as, it, there's a mixture of people. I mean, there are some people that are really, really into the kites and the, the, you know, the technical side of it and getting really good at it, and then there are others who are just there to en enjoy going to the beach and things. So it's, a, it's, what, it's quite an informal and quite a nice society in that sense. You don't get sort of people that are just constantly just always into the kites and talking about kites. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice. Mm. Right. So, are you, uh, both of you are obviously heavily involved in the society. Um, are you both on the committee or uh, are you normal members or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the president of the society and Helen's... I'm the social secretary. I'm social involved secretary, with it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how social But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's how social we are. But, I mean, the roles are pretty informal as well. Yeah, we, we, have, we just work together in a, in a group and we have meetings sort of quite often. Yeah, we have quite a large, a large committee, I think, for a society of ten people and so everyone brings ideas and it's quite nice because we have less you have less to do yourself but more gets done as a society. So I, I try and, as president, I just sort of try and guide everyone to do whatever they want really. I'm very open to suggestions from all the members as well who come along and uh, make pointers. Actually, this, this Saturday we've got something which one of the committee has organised himself. Which is um, a, he's called it a boarding clinic, but it's basically for people who've learned to fly the kites and want to get on a mountain board. And we're going to take them down to Western Supermare. I think we've got eight people, and just give them a bit of tuition in that. So then hopefully they'll be able to go off and do it themselves, and they'll, they'll have some grounding. That sounds pretty good. So that's just one of the events that your society 
kind of organises as a whole. I mean, how, how often do you do, you do stuff? Um, well, it's, it's toned down a little bit more recently because uh, we live in England and we have English weather and it's the winter. So uh, January, February, the wind drops and it's cold and miserable and okay some people would still really like to go to the beach and sit on the rain in the rain but um we struggled to fill a minibus so i think before before christmas we were running one every two weeks and getting yeah, out and it was yeah. filling up the minibus was filling up so yeah. i mean people wanted to come and we had good wind and some yeah. good days out actually yeah. beautiful days we go down to the main two places we go our western superman which is quite close which to be honest you wouldn't really want to go to unless you wanted to go to the beach because it's pretty it's not it's not the nicest place in the world um, but the other place is the the Gower Peninsula in South Wales, which is a massive beach and is absolutely beautiful. And it's two hours from Bristol, and I doubt there's very many Bristol students who've been there to see it. Mm. It's one of the most beautiful places in England, I reckon. So. Wales. I mean, sorry, Wales. Wales. <laughs> 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 <I'm in Welsh. laughs> yes, I, I actually had the um, privilege of seeing that because when I was looking around the university, Swansea was one of my uh, choices. Ah, so yeah, they're uh, even closer. I'd see a bit of that, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't believe something so beautiful because you'll see that close to Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, it's good. It's, Apologies it's to any listeners. <laughs> yes. All Westerns are there. Oh, they're good if you want to do kiting. Definitely. Yeah, amazing. We're, right, yeah, we're going to... Um, we've got a big trip lined up just before Easter, which is going to be sort of our main thing for the year, I think, where we're going to go off uh, the weekend down to Gwydion Bay, which is in um, North Cornwall. Uh, which is a massive beach where they hold, like, I think the Land Yacht Nationals or something. So there's a big beach, lots of wind, and we're going to stay in some caravans and have a bit of a social, mm-hmm. hope the wind blows, and uh, <laughs> sit in the sunshine, hopefully. The Land Yacht? Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned there about the wind blowing. Have you ever had any major problems with the wind? Because I can imagine, you know, this, this being quite far west, you could either get too much or not enough wind sometimes. Well, um, yeah, we're, we're quite resourceful when it comes to uh, no wind. <laughs> um, we, were, we actually did a trip and there was literally nothing. And I don't think I've ever really been anywhere where there's been no wind at all, but that day there was nothing. So we bought buckets and spades and had a brilliant day on the beach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you just have to kind of go with the weather. I mean, it's a, a, lot, of, a lot of sports are based on the weather and you, it's very reliable, uh, very unreliable. So you've got to just go with the flow, yeah. as it were. That's what we do. I mean, we always, like have a bit of fun and to be honest even when there was no wind we still managed to get a kite up because as you say they're just like parachutes so you just end up running you know it's like when you're a little kid it's great fun <laughs> <laughs> and, and we made a nice sandcastle and we played some football and you know we were on the beach um the other way when it gets too windy um doesn't happen that often because you can just scale down the size of the kite you're using to, to the wind mm-hmm. but over, over Christmas, for example, I think there were sort of sixty mile an hour winds or something, which is is too is too much by a long way. So we have been um, blown out. I think is the right word when <laughs> yeah. we went when we went before, and especially if we take like people who haven't flown before, it's a bit harsh to give them uh, a kite in that sort of wind and then just yanked off their feet and never <laughs> want to do it ever again. And you just you've scared them off it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we try and. Can, can you remember what it was like when you were first learning? Uh, uh, I, I I suffered an injury um, when I was first learning, <laughs> which which didn't actually put me off too much. But I was lifted clean out of the air by about six feet and dumped on the floor. Um, so I really try and make sure that the people that are learning don't get that kind of experience because it will actually put you off. I think. But yeah. yeah, I mean it's pretty frustrating at first, but then once you've got it, it's really amazing. Yeah, but it's you're good. still here to tell the tale. Still yeah, tale. that's still very much involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's good. 
I learned quite when I was uh, back at, back at school. I always sort of flew kites as a bit of sort of I don't know, just whenever I whenever I there was a bit of wind, it seemed something that I could do, and um, I discovered it was really boring. And so got bigger and bigger kites and tried to pull myself along and go fast and stuff. And uh, I don't remember any really bad accidents I had. I had some interesting times when I was sort of uh, me at one end of the beach, my friend at the other end of the beach, and um, no kite and just having to walk back because we'd lost all the gear or it got wet or it was pissing with rain or you know, this mm. sort of thing. But, well, it's all, I think yeah. it's much better doing it. Doing with people now at university as well. Lots, yeah. of, pe- lots of people getting And out. there's nothing better than just standing there with the sun on your back and with a nice big kite dragging you along the floor. Like, it's yeah, just, it's yeah. good. <laughs> it's quite... You, feel, you, know, you can feel, feel the elements of it. <laughs> a bit like surfing, I suppose, and like controlling the waves. Like You're just taking it a step further and doing the wind as well. You obviously uh, decided that kites weren't so boring when they got a bit bigger then. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> stuck with it, yeah. <laughs> OK. So um, let's say that having just heard this, there's... Um, one of our listeners, or hopefully many of our listeners who've just heard this and are inspired to uh, join Power Kiting Society, yep. um, how could they go about doing that and uh, when should they do so? Well, probably the best bet is to check out our website, which is quite easy to remember. It's www.powerkitesock.co.uk. Um, and on there, there's a forum where you can sign up and have a have a talk to people who are involved in the society. Um, you can sign up to the society there. There's my email, committee members' emails. Um, drop us a line, and we'll we'll get back to you and start telling about the trips. And to be honest, I had a member join yesterday, <laughs> so it's never too late. And obviously, we don't charge them the full fare, but you can come along on the trips, and and you'd probably be timing it about right because we've got the summer coming up and. Obviously, the weather's much better then, so go out. Right, um, and obviously there is some sort of membership fee, so h- how much is that normally? Yep, at the beginning of the year, so fresh this year, it was £10 to join. Um, that includes all use of all the society equipment pretty much whenever you want. I mean, there's always someone out pretty much every Wednesday afternoon and most weekends, depend- weather-dependent, obviously. Um, and... Now I think more than halfway through the year, you can, you don't have to. You don't, to be honest, you don't, if you're just going to come on one trip, you just have to pay for each trip as as it goes along. I think it's usually what ten pounds for a trip. Yeah, for a day trip to yeah. to the Gower, for instance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going to Western Supermare, which is where we go, most often you just get a bus down or get a lift in the car, and it's that's even cheaper. Yeah, so like that's we a just, good bet. We, just, we break even, so we charge people for transport. Going right. going to Gower is more expensive because. You have to go across the bridge and they charge you £9 and <laughs> there's lots of fuel involved. But, mm-hmm. but presumably if you're just mucking around up on the downs, you don't have to pay free. to do that. That's it, that's free, yeah. So the membership fee covers that completely? Yeah, covers and, it. and it also covers in, uh, insurance from the uni, which could mm-hmm. be important at some point. We've never actually had an accident in the society, touch lots of wood. It was a serious one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that includes all that. And the society's got... Um, five training kites, which are just two-line um, parachute kites, like mini versions of the big kites you used to get pulled around. Um, we've got uh, a range of sizes of the larger kites for different wind conditions and different size person people. And we've also got just recently um, one of the depowered ones. That's the one with the bar, which they use for kite surfing, right. which we're training on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't actually need to have a kite. You don't have Definitely to have not. anything at all. Maybe some clothing. Some, uh, maybe a change of clothes. <laughs> um, we even provide a, a helmet and some knee pads if you want to use it, mm. or we recommend you use it. <laughs> okay. 
Right, well, if, if, if there's anything else you'd uh, like to say, now is the time to do it. I can't think of anything particularly other than Just go to our forum. Try, yeah, yeah, come and give it a go. I mean, so many people were like, what the hell is that? And then they come and give it a go, and they're, and we're they're hooked. we're a really friendly society. Very approachable. <laughs> yeah, we're approachable for lots of other ideas as well. We've, we've done trips which didn't even involve a kite, so <laughs> we're out to have fun. Okay, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to both of you and find out something about this very strange-sounding society. Yeah. Um, sounds very exciting to be a part of. Yeah. And uh, I wish you all the best of luck with uh, maintaining it and uh, with all your trips. Thank, Thank you. you very much for coming in. Yeah, no, Thank thanks you a lot. Very much. <laughs> Just uh, remember, check our, check our website. There's lots of photos of what we do out there as well. It's www.powerkitesock.co.uk. And we'll put that on our Facebook group as well. Brilliant. Thank you very Brilliant. much. Brilliant. Thank you, David. Thanks. Cheers. You're listening to Featured First. Join us every Friday from 1 on Burst Radio.